Holy smokes. Do we have an exciting episode here for you today, folks? Mish, do you want to tell the people a little bit about what they're going to hear? I would love to, Greg. This is a, a pretty phenomenal episode that we had today with Bobby, um, your good friend or, or acquaintance that you know. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I realized about halfway through the episode that I have met Bobby before as well from our time at the University of Nebraska. And I sort of had a revelation halfway through. But um, Bobby's got an impressive story, you know, fairly young guy, 20 plus units. It's it's really inspiring to see what he's done in a short amount of time on top of working a W-2 job full time. Um, so I'm certainly inspired and I think others will be as well. Absolutely. Thanks for listening. Welcome in, everybody, to another episode. Time to get shit done. As you may know, I'm Greg Porchy, your host. I'm here with co-host Mitch Howard. Mitch, how are we doing today? Fantastic, Greg. How are you? I'm doing great, man. I really appreciate appreciate you asking that. Excuse me. Been uh, talking real fast today, trying to get stuff done. You know what I'm saying? Of course, of course. Yeah, it's kind of the title of the podcast. Anywho, I am honored to be able to bring you guys this esteemed individual. Not only is he a husband, not only is he a real estate mogul in the Midwest, not only was he a referee when it came to the University of Nebraska at Lincoln dodgeball athletics program. But he is also a great friend, Mr. Bobby Bevins. Bobby, thank you so much for coming on today. How are you doing? Hey, you know, thank you guys for having me. I think you give me a little too much credit. Uh, Greg's definitely the better friend between the two of us. I'm just an okay friend. Yep. But uh, yeah, 2023, it's underway. You know, it's wild. New, new goals, new year, time to smash it. Yeah, yeah. And so I mentioned that too, uh, that you're kind of in the real estate world and We've talked several times over the years, maybe a little bit more recently than normal, as you know, I've started to make the dive into the real estate, you know, trying to emulate you. And that's really the the most flattering way that I could uh that I could be a friend of yours. And you take us to kind of different heights in, in some of the things and some of the suggestions that I've come to you about. And you mentioned kind of your goals here in 20,023. And I know it's not 20,000, but I am saying that. You mentioned some of the goals, new goals. What do those look like for you when it comes to what you're doing in your life right now? Yeah. Um, so I guess I've had a couple of people that have given me a, a nice little label of serial entrepreneur. Um, real estate's one of the pieces to it. I'm looking to stabilize that, maybe add another half million, a million of value to the portfolio this year. Um, get a couple of the, the rehabs done that I'm working on. But along with that, uh, I'm growing a lawn business and a coffee shop at the same time. And those, I think, are going to get a lot of my attention this year. But the real estate really provides the stability and the corridor at all. Right. And then you're, you're also um, still doing some full-time work at the roofing company, yes? Yeah. Um, 
full-time sales project management with uh, Apple Roofing. They're uh, taking care of me. You know, nice company vehicle, get out, flexible, lets me live my dream. You know, hopefully retire by 35. It's kind of the goal right now. And we're creeping up on that, sadly, you know, with us graduating together. Fortunately, I do know your age. And you mentioned this before we kind of started recording here. The lack of sleep, maybe the lack of time. Has it ever crossed your mind to go full time doing this or does Apple provide that much flexibility? And do you think it's similar to, you know, an accountant sitting down, having to be in the office eight hours a day to be able to do what you do? Or if you were in that position, would you be making the full-time leap with what you do on a day-to-day basis for your real estate business? Excuse me. You know, I I think the big leap will come when uh, the income gets replaced by the opportunity right now. with the benefits and the flexibility, the, the roofing just makes sense. You know, it builds my network, it builds my contractors, it builds my resources. So it really just goes hand in hand with the real estate. Sure. And that makes, it makes a ton of sense. Uh, just kind of for your average day-to-day listener here that may have to be going into the office or maybe allocating some time, want to get into the real estate field, maybe they don't have quite the connections within the industry that they're currently doing their W2 in um, or anything along those lines. So just wanted to get your take on that. I know being in the roofing industry, obviously you're dealing with houses every single day, uh, whether they're yours, whether they're your customers, whether people hitting you up for valuations or quotes or anything along those lines. So just wanted to get your take on that. But as we talk about this too, and what we really want to hit for people that listen to this or, or people that are watching this while eating dinner, uh, with their family or listening to us at 5 a.m. driving into work to get their shit done. Uh, really want to find out what the drive and where the motivation is for you when you first started getting to real estate. Like, why did you want to do that? What's so great about real estate? And how did you get your entry into it? Uh, yeah. So with real estate, it offers you a couple things. It offers you residual income. It offers you an opportunity to get out of the nine to five someday. It gives you an asset that's appreciating while the IRS depreciates it and gives you all those tax benefits. Um, So really it's one of the true best ways to grow wealth, generational wealth, something you can pass on to your kids, something that will someday give your family the opportunity to live the dreams that they want to live. Um, For those nine to five guys that you were referencing, Greg, uh, the hardest part, best part, um, whatever, whatever you want to call it is going to be taking the leap, you know, best decision I ever made. It really created a springboard for me to look at what my future could be without having to work for someone else or even having to go to work if I didn't want to, uh, don't get me wrong. Real estate is a grind when you're starting out. Uh, once you get big enough, you can actually outsource a lot of it and it is truly passive income. But as you get started, you're going to need to read, you're going to need to network, you're going to need to look for a deal and just jump in. Um, I would say nine out of 10 people that I talk to that want to do the real estate thing, they say, I want to do this. This looks awesome. I can see how you're, you're growing, how you're making money, how you're creating that generational wealth for your future. But 
one out of 10 will maybe take the leap and actually try to even write an offer on a deal. So that's the key. Get started, read a lot, you know, invest in yourself and invest in your future on it. So Bobby, fast forward to now, what does your portfolio look like as far as units, type of assets you're involved in, whether that's single family, multifamily, commercial, can you give us a breakdown on what everything looks like at this point? Yeah. Uh, got 17 single families, a pair of duplexes and a sevenplex. I've also partnered with people on a syndication. We own a duplex and recently sold a 15 plex out of that deal. Uh, so I got a little bit of cash back out of that. Uh, I met with someone this morning to buy a six unit commercial building in a small strip mall, really just kind of trying the different things, but the multifamily commercial stuff is what's going to be your cornerstone of stable income. If uh, a single family comes up and it's empty, you make zero money. A sevenplex comes up and it's missing one unit. You're still making your mortgage and probably a little bit in your pocket too. And how long have you acquired all of these units? How long did it take you since the day you started? I bought my first property in 2016. So that's what, about six years ago. Um, Now I've got something a little north of two and a half, $3 million worth of property. So then slowly grinding it away. So that's nothing to scoff at. That's that's incredible um, to be able to grow that fast. Can you give us an idea of what kind of tools you used to be able to scale your business from that first property to where it's at now? Yeah, I'd say that the biggest thing, uh, and I'm probably stealing this quote from someone, but your, your self-worth is your network. So unless you're working with other people and helping them grow, you're not going to be able to grow on your own. You know, people bring you deals, people bring you contractors, people help you along the way. Maybe someone uh, finds a money guy and he knows that you do real estate. And he's like, dude, I got this guy that'll loan you some cash real cheap if uh, you can get him a guaranteed return. You know, or your your mom's cousin's aunt's uncle calls you and says, hey, I got this house for sale. I don't want to deal with any of the stuff. I just need a fast closing cash. You know, when you get into those situations, you partner with the guys that have the money. You come in, you found the deal. And a lot of times you don't even have to put any of your own money into it. You know, it's just the the art of the deal, as uh, that old uh, president said. And I can attest too in the many conversations and meetings that I've had with uh, Mr. Roberto Bevins here. It seems always one of the things that he comes back to is treating the people around you in every single deal. Uh, and maybe I'm saying that wrong, but making sure that you know, even if you're going for an off market deal, you want to bring the realtor along with you. Um, for certain times and, and making sure that the realtor gets theirs because they're going to be able to bring more off market deals, uh, making sure that, you know, if a lender's treating you well, if uh, another person investor is treating you well and helping you find deals, if whoever Bob, Dick and Harry are treating you well, make sure to, you know, treat them well back. I think that's some about a golden rule um, of treating others, how you would like to be treated type of thing. But that's always been something that Bobby has relied on. And when I come to him asking and begging for help and how to, I guess, scale and grow what Mitch and I are doing. And so I think that's super important. And one of the things I suppose that you brought up is mother, sisters, cousins, uncles, stepbrothers, dogs, cat, uh, being able to reach out to them and getting their help, whether they have 
a money, whether they are a realtor somewhere. And you talked about syndication, how you got into a syndication deal. And just to touch on that a little bit, um, how did you find yourself or how did you get into that? Because I'm assuming you didn't run that deal, but more of a passive investment. Yeah. Another real estate investor knew that I had some money sitting on the side at the time and they had found a deal that they still needed a little bit to get it across the finish line. Um, it was actually a hell of an opportunity because they let me buy into the, the entire company and not just that one deal. Um, so it's provided some residual income from what was already there. In addition, it uh, allowed us to leverage that opportunity. I think we bought it at about 550000 just sold it for 750 So how long, we all got a pretty good cut out of that. How long did that take? Uh, about 18 months. 18 months. That's not a bad return. So no. would you say in this asset class, this may be something that could be more valuable to people, either passive investing over this next year, year and a half, or however long. And we know the real estate market's not looking great in a sense. I think there's a lot more opportunity out there right now with a lot of those part-time guys kind of getting back to their nine to five and focusing there because deals just aren't out there as maybe they were four or five months ago. And maybe you can disagree with me, Bobby, but from what I've been seeing, they're not quite there as much, but that means less bidders. So as those people maybe start to get back to what they were doing on a day-to-day basis before to put food on their table. Uh, maybe there's more opportunity for, you know, people like us to get in uh, and invest on these syndication deals, or maybe those nine to five people, if they can't go out and get the single family home, do you believe a syndication deal is possibly better than what the stock market can provide right now? You know, it's hard. I would say for someone that wants security, Right now, I don't know that there's any asset class other than gold or silver that's going to keep you stable. But I think the real estate market, regardless, still has the highest upside. You get the tax benefits, you get the appreciation, you get the income. Uh, You know, it's kind of like a a triple edged sword there that just keeps giving and giving. Uh, You go to the stock market, you go to the bonds, uh, treasury notes. The problem with those are while they might appreciate, you don't get anything for them day to day. You don't have an income that you're drawing on. You can't really go out there and leverage it to buy another one. You know, it's worth its face value or it's worth its uh, percentage of growth that it has. You know, all around, I think real estate's going to get you further. Um, and it's definitely going to prov- provide for you more in the long term. Um, Jumping back to kind of what you said about the, the market softening a little bit, I did want to touch on that. It's going to be creating opportunities for people that are ready to take them. The interest rates are going up. That scared a lot of people from taking out loans. We look at it historically, these are still super low interest rates. You know, we look at the 80s when we saw 16 to 20% mortgages. You know, right now we're at six and a half, seven percent for an investment loan. It's still cheap money. You just need to pull the trigger. But the nice part is all of these people that were buying homes and saw these cheap rates, they're scared. They're not bidding. Like you said, they're providing opportunities for us to get out there and make money. And you said one out of 10 people end up making that jump, right? And how can we get there? Maybe even just write an offer. You know, it might be one in a hundred that finally close a deal. Yep, exactly. And that's the first deal that we did. We threw out an offer 30K under asking 
and the lady ended up negotiating with us, right? And then you get it somewhere in between. So uh, throughout the offers, man, like whether you go through a realtor, if your realtor is embarrassed to throw the offers in, find a new realtor. Uh, if your realtor is embarrassed to throw the offers in, do it without a realtor. So as you start to grow, I think it's, again, important that you have those relationships within the industry. And my last job before doing this full-time, positive relationships was huge within that company. Uh, and for these exact reasons, I mean, you can't get anywhere in this world as much as you're going to try. You can't get anywhere in this world without help from other individuals. So kudos to you for bringing that stuff up. Kudos to us for having agreed with it in the past. Uh, it makes us, it makes us, and Mitch, maybe you disagree. It makes us feel a lot better about what we're doing here. So Mitch, do you I have feel great. Yeah. I feel great about what we do for a living. I think real estate investors can get a bad rap at times, partially because, you know, some of the marketing that we do, whether that's bandit signs or mailers, um, you know, people getting annoyed with us. But at the end of the day, I liked what you said, Greg, we create win-win situations. The good investors do at least for the seller and for us as the buyer, or if there's an agent involved, making it a win-win situation for everybody. And that's what the best investors do. And, you know, looking at the market right now, I, we're certainly in a cooling off period. And I think we still will be for a while where there are more opportunities coming on the market. They're still inflated a little bit compared to where I think they'll be in six to 10 months from now. But like Bobby said, there's a lot of opportunities coming for those that are waiting on the sidelines and ready, but there's always going to be an excuse for somebody not to get started in, in real estate or started investing. And like you said, nine out of 10 people are going to take that excuse and not do it, but you just got to make the jump. Cause I know when I got started, there was a million things in my head that I thought were going to go wrong. Hardly any of those things actually did go wrong. Even if something did go wrong, the project still ended up going really well and we still made money at the end of the day. So uh, you just got to make that leap, like you said, and get started. Yeah. And Bobby, and we talk about this stuff here from the past about how we got started. And I know, again, referencing the conversations that we've had, I know you got big plans. Can you tell us a little bit about what's coming next for you? I know, right, we got the single family, we got the multifamily, we got the syndication deals, we got the coffee shop, we got the lawn business, right? Are you mowing the lawns yourself? No, we're, we're hiring subcontractors to come in and take care of all the work. How much would it be for, for you to come mow my lawn? You know, uh, you. depending on, the, oh, me, you, well, you got to pay my hourly rate. That's going to be expensive, bud. Okay. Like a lawyer fee. Pretty close. Yeah. You know, minimum to show up plus oh. time. Okay. Plus ratio. Huh? Okay. Yeah. So what, so you're always you expecting me to something. sweat while I'm there. You know, At, well, it's yes. It's going to cost more if I have to sweat. Yeah. This would be dead heat. Maybe shirt off too. Oh, yep. That's extra fees right Middle there. Middle of summer. Just right. going to rack it up. Yeah. Okay. A little bait. Gotcha. Um, so like I'll be coming to town for this. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hot damn. Well, well, I'm Mitch here too, and he can sit out yep. on the, uh, the patio party. or the deck. Yep. Yeah. Anywho. It's only a three-way if you guys touch. Well, <laughs> that's true, actually, now that I think about it. But let's get back to the point at hand. Why don't we? You're always scheming something. I know this. I try and price some things out of you. I know you've started talking about a construction company. Can you tell us a little bit about that or if you're still pursuing uh, kind of opening a construction company? You know, I, I think that's probably one of the next long-term steps uh, for the rentals is to be able to 
run that business and run all of the rehabs in house, just provide a little more opportunity for their guys in the industry also, then, you know, I can keep my guys busy either on my own projects or other interior remodels. Um, you know, I like the guys that I work with. I wouldn't touch exteriors. You know, I'll just do that by day and do my other stuff on interiors by night. Um, but yeah, I think that'll be the next step that really helps it grow because then I can control the cost better. I can control what the subcontractors are doing. I can control everything and offer those opportunities to other investors also. And at some point, I'm sure we'll see a Bevins Enterprises website with all your rental listings on there. Hopefully none actually listed because we want those fully occupied, don't we? That's how we make money. That's in this right. Town. But at, at least 95% full. At, yeah, 95%. Priced right. Yeah, that's a great uh, a great vacancy rate there. Under 5% is where we like to keep that. So, um, you know, we're looking at an apartment deal right now. And that's the number where we, where we stick it at, Mitch. 3.8%. Sounds about right. There. Bobby, are you there. managing everything yourself still? I am currently, yeah. Uh, until I can get everything, you know, running super smooth, I usually don't like to hand it off to a management company. You have a tenant that calls in five, 10 times a month. And that's going to take your entire profit off the line. You know, the management companies will charge you $25, $50 a, a phone call plus another $100 to show up. Um, you know, if you're running a, a little six unit, seven unit building, if you were going to have 500 to 1000 bucks left over at the end of the month, that's gone. Just because they're calling about light bulbs or calling about other shit that really, uh, you know, if you have a minute, it's, it's worth more to you to go out and do that in an evening and just keep working. Versus paying some guy a hundred dollars to change a light bulb for you. So you're managing 20 plus 30 plus units yourself. You're working a full-time W2 job. You have a lawn business. You have a coffee shop. You also have children and a wife. No children. Just a wife. Just a wife. No I've children. I've got a dog, but she's Dogs? pretty low maintenance. Okay. Yeah. She sleeps on the couch all day. So I don't have to do too much. When do Thanks. you sleep? That's the question I have. When do you sleep, Bobby? Do you sleep or you just do you just get shit done all day long? I knew this life. guy. I knew this Two guy. And seven. I knew this guy would be great, man. He gets shit done all day. And what are you guys doing? You're listening to us talking about getting shit done. Why? That's a real question, though. How many hours of sleep do you get? Uh, five to seven usually. That's pretty yeah. low. Yeah, that's, that's you know, five hours enough to get shit done. Right. And no medications. No amphetamines? No medications. No no medications for Roberto Bevins, huh? Interesting. Just a little caffeine here and there. Well, I'm actually not a caffeine user myself, so I was going to say something, but I'd be lying to the folks. I'm a caffeine abuser. Ooh, yeah. That gets shit done, though. Yes. Well, gets you a lot of hard attacks while it's hitting. Until you crash. <laughs> Until you hard attack. <laughs> Anywho. You just got to plan it out so that's the 2 a.m. That's when you... You sleep and kick it off again. Yep. 2 a.m. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought that you had slowed down a little bit on the old uh, doing things at night. But that's not the case, huh? Not on the weekdays. Not when there's stuff to do. So do you Friends make your family on the weekends? I was going to say, do you make yourself available for those phone calls and going out and fixing stuff on the weekends? Not really. You know, if it's an emergency, I'll go out. Otherwise, I tell them, look, it's the weekend. This sure. is friend and family time. Uh, if you don't do that, you do get burnt out. You have to make sure that you're, you're doing what makes sense for you. For right. me, I can work five days nonstop and not get burnout. For some people, it might be one day on, one day off. 
some people it might be two weeks straight and then they need a week off, you know, do you, but go hard. Absolutely. So Bobby, I got a a couple questions. Can you share with us your worst real estate story or most disgusting real estate story and your biggest win in real estate? I'd say the biggest win was that syndication deal that we closed last month and we all took a cash out on. That was nice. Um, you know, cause now I own half of a duplex or whatever for free, uh, that deal worst deal. You know, I've had a couple that I've lost some money on, you know, you try to learn from them. One of the deals I drive by it every day now, cause it's in the same neighborhood I'm in. And I look at it and I'm like, damn, I could own that house and I could be making, you know, $2,000 a month. And I sold it for less than what I paid for it because I, I tried to go too big, too fast had too many projects and just had to offload it, you know? So it's a constant reminder to work at your pace, but get as much done as you can at once. And you look at, I mean, professional baseball players, for example, I mean, they hit, they go three for 10 from the plate. They're a hall of famer. So I'm not saying going three for 10 in the real estate industry is good, but I'm saying that people fail, right. And people, will fail again and people will fail again. I think some people coin failing is learning and uh, we can't learn unless we fail. And that comes to mind a lot. It's tough in the the heat of the moment, right? You sell the house for $15,000 less or whatever happens. You're pissed off. Wonder where you're going to get that 15,000 from. But then you kind of look back and retrace the steps at what could I have done differently? And then you have that experience now to not, repeat those mistakes in the future. So doing it all by yourself is commendable, I suppose, in the first place. So I applaud you for that. Do you almost feel like your time could be better used doing other things though at night, like either finding deals, underwriting deals, talking to other professionals, networking, or, I mean, this is how you want it to be for the near future. You know, everything you listed, Greg, is a part of the workday. You know, I'm still going out and networking with the professionals. I'm still doing all of that stuff, but it's just, I consider it work. It's not play. Uh, You just got to show up and, you know, part of the grind is showing up to network when you've had five hours of sleep the night before. Sometimes it's showing up, you know, and looking at 20 deals during the day when you're burnt out. You know, if the opportunities are there, sometimes you do have to push a little bit more. one thing I think looking back is I would have liked to blend it a little more, more partnerships in there because uh, the more people you have, the further you can go, you just can't go as fast. So if you want to go at solo, you can go fast. If you want to go long and grow the most, do it with the team. Mm. Are, you, are you asking us to partner with you on some deals, Bobby? You know, maybe in the future here. I know you uh, did a syndication uh, recently in Omaha for a commercial space, right, Greg? Yeah. Yes, sir. 122nd. Tell us a little about that one. Well, so how I came across this, Bobby, you know that we're in a Facebook group, Lincoln Real Estate Investors online Facebook group. Shout out to those guys. I guess really where I made the connection there was there was a gentleman that posted in that group right guys, we can find deals anywhere. So this one is about a Facebook group. He posted that he just sold three Valvolines 
uh, Valvoline locations. And I had been thinking for the past couple of years, like I wanted land, I wanted buildings, I wanted commercial space. Like that's what I wanted to grow our business towards. And I had never heard of syndication. I didn't know what the hell it was. It was just a big word that they use. And they're like, yeah, just a bunch of people put money in a pool and then we can get bigger things, right? And you just own a smaller percentage versus, right, 100% doing it by yourself. And we don't necessarily have the capital to buy four and a half million dollar properties by ourselves right now. And we spoke earlier about, not here, but we spoke a couple of weeks ago about using the equity that you built into making improvements into a property and then cash out refinancing. Well, it's tough to do that for four and a half million dollars. So I reached out to this gentleman, sent an email. Hey, I saw you sold these Valvolines. It's kind of what I'm looking to do. Is there any way we can hop on the phone? And he had called me. I was out in Illinois at the time uh, for my W-2, just selling. And we had talked for about two hours on the phone. I had a lot of dashboard time. I kind of explained the ins and outs, where he came from. His dad did some syndications in the past, was in the real estate industry. And met for lunch, kind of went over how a syndication deal works, right? We all pool our money into an LLC. Then we get ownership shares of that LLC. And that LLC owns that 122nd L up in Omaha. Uh, so we have, right. There's, it's a four unit strip mall, essentially. I think you were talking earlier about six unit, not to brag or anything. Okay. But to where we have businesses in there that are backed by the government, I want to say, Mitch, is that correct? Yeah. They're triple net leases. So triple net leases are typically signed by big corporations. And they're typically eight to 10 year leases that they're signing. So um, they're backed by companies worth hundreds of millions of dollars. So the odds of them going under and that property being vacant are very low. It's a very, very secure low. investment. As we go along, right, we should be seeing, just looking at the time of year it is now, we should be seeing some reports coming back to get to our accountants and use as you know, some tax breaks, which is nice depreciation on the, since there's a couple of restaurants, we can depreciate the kitchen equipment that's in there, which Bobby, if you don't know, depreciation is slowly getting phased out 2027. That stuff will be all gone, but we still have section 179. So fear none, but we got into that, found some tax breaks within that. And then we'll just get distributions kind of like a dividend uh, out of a Apple stock, let's call it. And see an IRR of eight plus percent. So if you want to look at like a passive investment, that's all we're doing, right? So there's somebody that runs the deal, finds the deal, has accounting people on their team or has hired them out, has people that are running the, doing the underwriting in the back end, making sure that these deals work, talking with potential tenants, working with the current people that are in there and being able to make sure that bills are getting paid and then making sure that distributions are going out to the passive investors. So all we did was throw a bunch of money at them and we just passively collect money. And then after year five, we're looking at, we'll either sell a property or do some type of liquidity event, a cash out refi, whatever it may be. So that's up to the syndicator and however they want to run the deal. Bobby, on your syndication, did you, um, when you liquidated that, did you utilize a 1031 exchange at all or have you used it in the past? We actually didn't on that deal. Uh, we elected just to take cash distributions. Uh, everybody had kind of put some money in. It was about what we had put into the deal. We we're like, okay, well, you know, why not take a win and 
you know, the last property that's in there is just cash flowing for us. Yeah. Solid. Oh, it's nice using the equity. And you and you fixed up then like all of the units with that? You know, I was passive on that deal. I put some cash in and that was all I had to do. Did the people running the deal you know, fix up the units? Do you we remember? did um, the standard forced appreciation items on an apartment okay. building. You dress up the hallways. Uh, you change out some of the security features. You update the lighting. Just doing that alone will typically uh, force appreciate a small building by twenty to fifty thousand uh, dollars. We updated a couple of the units, and the rest of it was just market appreciation. I'll jump in, Bob. You talked about you talked about reading a lot. Can you give us three real estate books that have helped you on your journey, or that you would recommend to the listeners? You know, uh, Robert Kiyosaki has a, a book that a lot of people know of. Uh, that's probably a top one. Merch Dad, Poor Dad. His team also produces a number of other books. So the ABCs of Real Estate is another one by the Kiyosaki brand. That one's pretty good. It just kind of gives you the basic layout of what it could look like to be a landlord, some of the processes you need to follow to protect yourself, to protect your tenants. Um, and then along with that, oh man. Cashflow Quadrant, I, have you read that one? By him? I haven't read that one. How to Win Friends and Influence People. Zig Ziglar, maybe. Dale Carnegie. Dale Carnegie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dale Carnegie. Yep. Yep. Ziglar's got some good sales books also that are great. Was, did, did he so. write The Ultimate Sales Machine? No, that's somebody else. I Just think that's someone else. Yeah. But yeah, no, uh, get out there. You know, the top sellers are a reason. They're top sellers. Right. Don't. If, if people are jumping off the bridge to read these books, like you can also jump and read them. Okay. Like this is not one of those following what everyone else is doing. Like these are actually, I've read the rich dad, poor dad, and uh, like a lot of good tidbits of information, kind of how he started and how he was able to scale and, and really take someone. And there's been multiple real estate meetings that I've been in, or I've watched different podcasts online or watch different recordings of meetings and they always bring that book up first. Um, and there's good reason for that. So check that out. Not a paid promo. Robert Kiyosaki, if you want to sponsor the podcast, look at our information in the description. So the last thing that I want to touch on too, and in the real estate side of things and how you got started and how we got started for people that and this is exactly what I thought real estate was when I first got into it, started talking about it and started thinking about it. Fortunately, I was making decent money at what I was doing. Bobby, I know you're making decent money at what you're doing. How should somebody who maybe they're going to college and they have a buddy who's a couple of years older that's doing real estate, or they see all these people online, or they see these TikToks, or they see Instagrams about people doing real estate for a living that aren't necessarily going to have their own money? They aren't going to have mom or dad's money. Like how, what are some good ways for that person to get started in the real estate industry? If they want to do this, like right after they're done with school or even skip school to do it, you're right. And they just want to start getting shit done instantly. Um, what are different ways from a monetary standpoint that these people can be growing and scaling their business from day one? You know, education, education is probably the biggest thing there. Find a mentor find someone that's doing what you want to do someday. I read something earlier today even that said, don't find the guy that'll get you to next week, find the guy that'll get you to next year. So 
look for someone that is going to help you on the path, on the journey and learn from them. You know, uh, you're probably gonna have to pay for it. It might be time. It might be uh, your money. You're gonna have to invest in them for them to invest in you in some fashion. You know, it might be that you get to be their on-call toilet plunger guy. And all of a sudden they're buying you lunch and telling you, you know, this is where you can find money in town. This is where you can find a deal. Hey, I found this deal. You know, do you want to partner on this one? So, because I don't have time to do it, uh, but find a mentor. That, that's how you get going and going fast. Uh, right, right out of the gate. Education. You got to be learning. And can someone use you as a mentor here in the Midwest? Um, you is know, your time spread too thin. I would say my time spread too thin right now, but I know a lot of guys that would be happy to take someone on. So if you are looking for someone, go ahead and reach out to Gregory or myself, uh, track me down. I can put you in touch with someone that would be interested in getting your journey going. Hmm. I think I know someone actually, now that I start to think about it. Yeah. Know a couple of people. I bet the silent assassin, the silent assassin in this call. I'm open for mentorship. Let's just say that, but I want to address your question for somebody that hasn't done anything. Education is a great point, Bobby. I think that's obviously number one. And one thing that helped me out too, was just talking about it, talking about what I was doing and not just, you know, talking about, but about it, but actually taking the action and doing the the things that I was talking about and then finding partners. That's gotta be the fastest way to grow. Right. I mean, looking at how I got started, I found a partner in Greg, um, it's, it's really how you see a lot of investors grow quickly because you can go out and you can find a deal. As long as you find a deal, there's always somebody with money that's looking to buy a deal. And as long as the deal looks good, your numbers are right, it's not that hard to find that money or the partner. You know, and that might be how you get into the deal. A lot of guys that have money don't have time and a lot of guys that have time don't have money. So maybe you need to offer some of that time and trade for some of that money. Yes, no better said than what I just heard. I know that factually. And if you guys need to play that back as you're listening or as you're watching, you just spit out your coffee as you're having your morning coffee, listening to that and be like, holy shit, he's got a point. Go ahead and rewind that. Dropping bombs. 21 times, 21 days to create a habit, 21 times, listen in your head and you're finally going to get it. So go ahead and rewind that, play it on a loop, put it on your gym workout list, whatever you need to do, take some action, start getting shit done. Bobby over here has got four, three, two hours of sleep a night. Makes me sick to my stomach thinking about it. I'm, I need my beautiful sleep, guys. Look at this face. This is a face that only a mother. So flush. Thank you. And that's, <laughs> I just got done tanning, guys. Okay. I got to stay focused. I got to be out there pitching deals. I got to be out there letting people with the no time, with the, all the money, making sure that their money is well invested. So, Bobby, wow, wow. Bobby, wow. I really appreciate you coming on, man. This was a long time coming. I talked to you about this, I think, at least a month ago. Then you went on a Sahara vacation. And then- Hold on, wait. Let's rewind. You can't just gloss over this. You went on a Sahara vacation? No. No. <laughs> He's just fluffing it up. Okay. I'm, t- I'm trying to give this guy some credibility, man. Just got out of town. I don't know if you're hanging out with lions and giraffes and zebras. Yeah. That would have been a good story, but oh, I was. Greg's just full of shit. There was some of that there. <laughs> there was some of that. Oh no, there. I saw all three of those last month. See what's good, Buster? At the zoo? No, at the safari. Okay. Yeah. I just didn't go to the Sahara. Anywho, cool. Before I was rudely interrupted, jealous. 
Sorry, go ahead. Before I was really interrupted, giving Bobby Roberto Bevins dodgeball referee of the year of really an all-university referee, if I were to brag for you a little bit, flag football as well. My good friend from high school, one of the best things that I ever learned from Bobby Bevins was keeping people close, right? In high school, you fall into these cliques, and you got this group of people, the athletes not hanging out with the nerds, the nerds not hanging out with the creative people, you know, whatever those cliques that fall in. And I'm not calling anyone nerds. What about right? the bowling was, team, Greg? The bowling team, nerds. I brought back-to-back state titles to Pius X, the 10th. Never before done. No state titles. Greg comes in, two state titles, one 300 game. So before I get rudely interrupted again, Bobby, if, if he could teach you anything else in life, it's to always be nice to people because you never know when that people is going to be successful, going to be rich, going to be your boss, going to be your friend later. Bobby and I have kept this close relationship over the years. Probably didn't like me in high school, which is fair. I think he liked me in college. Definitely doesn't like me now, but he came onto the podcast. And I need you people to understand that. Keep the positive relationships. Go out. Network meet, explore, adventure, offer deals, money to them, and you will be successful. I promise you that. And I can't tell you this enough. I swear, Bobby, if I ever tell you that I love you, I mean it, man. I appreciate you coming on, but we have to end this. And I don't know how else to do this, but wow, wow, wow. Would you look at the time? Mitch, can you tell the folks why we have to go? Because it's time to get shit done. I got a show today. It's all I'm trying to do. Hustle and motivate. Choppers are throw away. Hustle the overway. That's why they follow me, huh? They think I know the way. Cause I took control of things. Ballin' the solo way. And if you pattern my trend, I make you my protege. Slossin' that soldier race.